Do you know what it will entice you to clean? If your house smells like a beach afterward and it doesn't smell like, you know, cleaning products. Well, enter Clorox. They can transform your space into a tropical getaway by upgrading your cleaning routine with coconut scented Clorox Sentiva. It smells like coconut. It cleans like Clorox and it feels like inspiration. With a refreshing scent that will leave your home clean and fresh, elevating any room into an oasis. Now you can express your style and get shiny clean, get Clorox Sentiva at a nearby retail store, also available in grapefruit or lavender scents. Hi, everyone. This is Rachel Zoe with the Climbing in Heels podcast. We recently sat down with a few recipients of the Botox Cosmetic, Onobotulinum Toxin A, and iFund Women Grants at South by Southwest, thanks to Botox Cosmetic. Take a listen to our conversation. It's so good. What advice would you give to upcoming like female entrepreneurs or just already sort of established trying to survive still? I literally joke with my staff and, and we always are saying, oh, you want to be an entrepreneur? You want to be broke all the time and working 24-7? Ooh. Yeah, but so, look at you. Yeah, right? But I'm here. So the advice that I give is and I coined this, and I believe I said it on my TED Talk, that your passion follows you. You cannot follow your passion. So my advice is to let your passion follow you, get out of your own way, and never stop and never settle. This episode was brought to you by Botox Cosmetic. Learn more at BotoxCosmetic.com and talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, call 877 877- Three five one zero three zero zero, and follow the Climbing in Heels podcast on iHeartRadio or subscribe where you listen to your podcast. All right, ladies, let's be real. Who here actually enjoys shaving their legs? Yeah, absolutely no one. I know this. Get this, Nair. Yes, Nair, the OG, has leveled up. They've got these new sensational shower creams and body creams that smell absolutely amazing. I know this is not the smell that you're thinking of from the 90s when your mom first pulled this out for you. These smells will light up your bathroom, honestly. They'll make your shower experience better. It smells like a spa, actually. Oh, yeah. And how do you know this? Well, I just, I mean, Nair's in the household. So anytime Nair's used, it smells like a spa. You probably don't even know what it does. It takes hair away. <laughs> it works in as little as three minutes. You don't have to bother with nicks, cuts, shaves, and the smooth lasts so much longer than shaving. You're also not going to have to deal with any of those shave bumps or anything like that because the bumps are just as annoying as the nicks, right? Nair's new sensational shower and body creams are free of all the nasty chemicals like phthalates and sulfates. So you can feel good about what you're putting on your skin and you can have a little bit of a me time moment with Nair, the number one hair removal brand. Smell for yourself. And as Ben, Ben smelled for himself and he likes it. It's Ben approved. Try the reformulated Nair body and shower creams available at retailers nationwide and online. Ashley, is it true that some contestants have cashed in their 401k to afford a new wardrobe for The Bachelor? I mean, you do need a lot of ball gowns when you think about it, Ben. Where did you hear this? On Smart Money Happy Hour. It's a podcast where two money experts, Rachel Cruz and George Camel, talk totally unfiltered about life, pop culture, and how to afford it all with 90s nostalgia and reality TV fandom mixed in, of course. 
Ooh, you do not have to say more to get me into this. To check it out, you can search Smart Money Happy Hour and listen wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous Podcast with iHeartRadio. The Almost Famous Podcast is going nowhere. We're here to stay for as long as you want to keep listening. Hey, Ashley. Hi, Ben. What's up? I hear you're going to Honduras in two days. I am. It's a big deal. So I'm going through all the steps right now because, you know, international travel, you have to get a COVID test. This will be my fifth COVID test. And I... I Your fifth COVID test for this? No, in general, since the beginning, um, you know, with all the stuff from the show and then I try to get one anytime I travel just because there'd be no worse feeling than like getting on a plane, flying to, you know, somewhere and then finding out. Yeah. So anyways, I'm getting my COVID test, uh, which is never fun. Not ideal. We're going down to Honduras. Yeah. Uh, for the weekend, uh, myself and just a few others, because as you heard us talk about in the podcast, uh, a couple months ago. Uh, the communities that we work with in Honduras were hit twice, like within three days by mm-hmm. two major hurricanes. And so um, the waters have uh, kind of gone down. Uh, we're going down to figure out, hey, how do we rebuild? Uh, what, what's the what's the need right now? So I'll be down there for the weekend. I'll be back Monday to to talk about it if anybody has any interest in it uh, and to kind of share what we find. It's... it's uh, it's going to be pretty hard. I think it's going to be a really difficult trip yeah, because a lot of the stuff that's been done over the last 11 years and a lot of their homes have been wiped away. Uh, so, so sad. But I, well, you know what I hope for, uh, and I'm kind of holding on to this, is when we get back and on Monday when we talk, I'm like, all right, it sucks. Like, There's nothing about this that's not, um, not bad, but there is a path forward. You know, like it, there's... There's now, uh, there's, there's already stuff going on and there's, you know, yeah. can be more stuff going on, uh, you know, once we kind of rally the troops. So anyways, um, I'll be down there for the weekend. Uh, Ashley this week, I mean, we only have a few weeks left in Matt James's season. Uh, the headlines haven't stopped. Uh, we're going to break down headlines. We're going to break down, uh, the, the latest episode, but also one thing we have to talk about and one thing we want to kind of sit on for this podcast is especially is. Everything going on in Texas since the last time right. we talked. Um, yeah, I was going to say the Honduras thing was not the only weather tragedy we've had this year. Now we have Texas and our friend Blake was down there. I think he had a DJ gig and he got stranded down there. And honestly, like in comparison to everybody else's living situation, Blake was probably pretty lucky. Um, but we're going to get all the details from him later in this podcast. But first, we want to go do a rundown of the episode. It was hometown week. Yep. And um, what was your initial thoughts? Uh, Ashley, I yeah, don't know what's thank going you. on. Same. I don't. Okay, phew. <laughs> I, I, but I, I feel like a downer. So here's my issue. Me I too. say this I stuff. Hate it. Yeah, and, and and we can't be downers because I know there's people out there really enjoying this season. I mean, there's parts of the season I absolutely love. Uh, you know, Matt being one of them. I think he's a great dude. I've I've always liked him uh, mm-hmm. since I met him the first time. 
I think a lot of these women are really fantastic. And I'm wondering, and, and again, I just sound like a broken record. I'm wondering if because I haven't been as invested into the relationships up to this point is why this hometown week, which is usually one of my favorite weeks, I felt, know. felt like it fell short to me. What do you think? That exactly. I'm like, why am I why am I not feeling anything yeah especially since like i got to hometown week and i was like okay well i'll start to feel a lot of things now like now drama's over like these are the ones he's taking seriously didn't feel it do you do you know what i felt the most what's that in any scene in this this week's episode yeah just try to guess i mean matt talking to michelle maybe like one-on-one michelle's kids the kids okay that works that's when i actually felt like a little heart flutter Mm -hmm. and so let's start there it was the first date of this week yeah michelle first takes him um what they do bike riding bike riding yep so nothing really monumental there um then her family was probably the nicest as well Mm-hmm. But the thing that really made me feel something was the fact that all the kids from her class, or not all the kids, some of the kids from her class, zoomed in. They had him on a big screen. They kind of grilled Matt. He had the perfect answers for everything. He's so sweet. Uh, you could just see how much the kids love Michelle, how great of a teacher she is. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, that was the only thing that made I mean- me feel... I mean, it's really sweet, though, Fluttery. because obviously her connection with those kids right now is virtual for mo- for the most part, right? I'm sure they've yeah. seen each other. But, like, it's got to be a wild feeling to be zooming in uh, and then these, you know, these kids seeing their teacher. Like, that's that in itself is wild to see your teacher, like, on a date, like, pursuing the love of her life. And you're asked to, like, zoom in and say hi to her. I also imagine that it's a great feeling for her. I think it's probably, like, yeah. no matter what happens at the end of the show... I bet she feels super supported by the people that she sees the most often. And that that's that's special. Yeah, that was so sweet. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about her parents. Okay. Uh, it was just the two of them that were there. They seem to have a really nice marriage. They seem to be very supportive of her. They were the least grilling yeah. of all the families. I would say so. Um, I think the only thing is that like... You can tell she's so invested. She's saying that she'd say yes to your proposal. Um, you know, she's had less time than the other girls. Um, and then they play basketball together at the end. And that seemed like a nice little family moment. He definitely had most fun with them. This is uh, Michelle's story is uh, pretty crazy if we take a step back from it. You know, this relationship has moved very fast. In fact, right after her very first one-on-one date, I think most of the fans watching the show went, there's something special here. Definitely. You know, she really she stood out. She the top four, I think. Uh, wh- like, unlike anybody else, yeah. she just like immediately placed herself there. Like, it was like, which almost makes me think maybe this is the best connection because it's like right away they knew they had something special and it hasn't waned. It hasn't strayed away from it. Now, yeah. It is the first one-on-one date. I would say typically on this show, that's not a great sign when it's aired first. Is it really? Do I we have stats on this? No, Do I don't know. Do we need know. Bachelor data to tell us about this? I have no clue what the stats are. I'm just saying typically when an episode is finished, I remember like the last two hometowns. I don't necessarily always remember the first hometown. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like just in my head, it's not a great sign. But again... Uh, this is the family that felt like they were the most supportive of the relationship between Michelle and Matt. 
Uh, they felt like the family that did wanted Matt to have a good time with him. Yeah. They wanted to get to know him. But that moves us into Rachel then. I mean, Rachel obviously uh, is somebody that Matt has had feelings for for a while. We've seen her on a couple of one-on-one dates. Um, what did you think about the way, like, let's start at the beginning when Rachel, uh, you know, kind of blindfolds Matt. What, what did you think about how this date started? Like, did you feel like there was something good going on or did you feel like the connection was distant? I felt like for the first time, the connection was distant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you, so I'm thinking you asked that question because you felt the same. Yes, I, I did feel the same. And I don't know if possibly it's because... The things that have gone on in the past week. Well, yeah, I think that I, I definitely think like mentally for the viewer, but like yeah. that like plays into it. But I also think it's possibly like the nerves of what was up to come. Like, you know, th- this date was not okay. one that you're like relaxed by. Like, I think in the back of your head, it's hard to be so focused on a relationship when you know you're about to drop 12,000 feet out of a plane. Yeah. So that could be it, too. That could totally be it. I was missing the part where any of them talked about doing it for the first time. Did did either of them say that, that it, skydiving was the first time? I, I, I don't remember this. Because I, I, I think that for some reason that's like critical to me <laughs> Okay. in this, right? I don't know because if it's your first time doing it, like you may not want to do it. I guess both of them just, you know, were cool about doing it. But I think that with him being a risk taker, um, he would have been down. But like, was this something she wanted to do or is this something that she was like, I'm going to impress him with by doing? Have you ever done it? Have you ever jumped out of a plane? No. Have you? I feel like you've done it. I haven't. It, oh, I you haven't. haven't. It, I would. So I said this the other day uh, and I would love to hear from all of you listening right now. If you're listening, please uh, tweet us uh, and hashtag the Almost Famous Podcast or go on our Instagram um, and comment on this or send us an email uh, at Ben and Ashley at iHeartMedia.com. I would much rather... And I don't know if this is a popular opinion or not. Jump out of a plane that I then I would bungee off of those like bridges, you know, that you see. Where I you, agree. I would much I totally rather jump out of a that. plane. Me too, but I really have no desire to do either. Ah, <laughs> uh, no. There's not like I would do it if I felt. I feel like, like you would totally do it. I Why do, do I feel like that? Well, I would mostly. I I feel like I would do it if I was trying to prove that I wasn't like a wimp. Okay. Yeah. Like I mean, the- I think Matt truly wanted to do it. I think he okay. was excited for this date. And I think she was obviously cool with the date. Somebody would have probably gotten it. The producers were probably like, yeah. we have this opportunity. Maybe they gave it to her first and she took it. Uh, so she- they go up there. You're right. Maybe that distance was out of nerves. Um, then they go, they go up there, they fall, and then she takes a hard landing. She like really hard, does. Like, like a ow. really like hard landing. You feel it. Yes. Yeah. Really he hard He was landing. concerned. And then you see from him that he's just like, oh my God, I, I, I really just realized how much I love you, basically. Uh, like, I thought that, like, my future, you, you could tell, like, without him saying it, that he was like, I feel like my future wife just, like, could have died in front of me, blah, blah, blah. And even when he's saying this... I feel like she's not as receptive to it as mostly as the other as maybe Michelle or Brie would have been. Well, yes, that that could be. Also, she took I mean, her fall was not just a fall like it had to hurt. I'm sure it shook her up and adrenaline. But yes, no, (laughs) you're you're right. No, you're right. (laughs) I think that's a fair point, though, is it didn't feel receptive. Now, why? We don't know. Uh, But it definitely it definitely had to shake her up a bit like that fall hurt. 
Like that was that yeah. was one like I'm sure everybody on set that day was freaking out. Like we just Yes. We just had a massive issue. It kind of reminds me to pause here for a second. You can go to my Instagram right now. Uh Jason Tardick, who uh is the boyfriend of Caitlin Bristow and I had a bet on a football game. And Buffalo Bills fans do this weird thing where they jump off of stuff onto tables. And so the bet that we made was if the Colts beat Buffalo a few months ago, then he had to be at a Waffle House for 24 hours. And for every waffle he ate, an hour was subtracted. Hours. An hour was subtracted from his time. So he can pound like oh. 20 waffles and only be there four minutes oh, okay. or four hours. Okay. okay. If, if Buffalo won, then I had to do the whole Buffalo Mafia jump thing onto a table. I did that. I feel like you got the easier option there. Ashley, it hurts so bad today. <laughs> like, never mind. You can go to my Instagram and watch this thing happen. Um, like, it hurts so bad. I jumped off of the tailgate of my truck onto a table, onto like my concrete driveway, which I've learned now that you're not supposed to jump feet first. You're supposed to jump like head first, and you're supposed to jump into the grass. There's so much that I didn't know. Anyways, <laughs> I did it. And so I can relate with this where it's like for a couple hours afterwards, like I was a little shaken up, like my wrist was okay. hurt. So, okay. So then we get okay. into, so you guys negate what I said about her, like not being receptive to it. You're right. Her whole body just slammed against it and her, you can actually tell how badly she was hurt when she was talking to her mom yeah. about how bad it was. She's like, mom, like I have a lot of makeup on right now covering bruises. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, okay. So you, you just brought up the parents. We meet Rachel's family. Uh, I think this was, this was going to be a very telling time for Matt, uh, just like any family he meets, but I think his relationship with Rachel has gone fairly well up to this point. I think I was expecting something major to happen because it's like this, no way it's going to be this easy, uh, for them because there really hasn't been any controversy, uh, between the two of them. And, you know, just like Matt hasn't brought a lot of controversy on any of these relationships. Well, so we meet the parents. Rachel's dad said right away he'd be surprised if she was in love. Ashley, what do you take from the meeting of the parents? I mean, obviously the dad was one of those dads that we see every season. He was the token dad that was really hard on him, not really buying anything, really had no interest in really talking to him, being that there were three other girls still in the running, which I get, like a lot of dads would have that issue. But I wish that, like, parents would at least... It was, we saw it with Bree's mom, too. Like, there's just, like, some attitude towards it. It was like, you knew your kid was signing up for this show. Like, you knew if they got this far, you and them would be in this position. Like, let's not put it on Matt. Let's, like, not make it seem like Matt's the bad guy here. He's not. This is just the process. Well, and it's it's a weird time to be The Bachelor when you walk into these rooms because there's one thing you don't necessarily want to do. You don't necessarily want to ask every dad for their approval to uh, propose to their daughter. Yes, and a uh, huge note here, the only person that this really came up with was with Rachel. He was the she he was Rachel was the only of the girls that Matt said I didn't ask your dad for permission because I don't want to do it with so many other girls here. He didn't say that to any other woman. Like you could tell that he's already in his mind planning a proposal to Rachel. It is the scariest thing to be sitting there in general. And then to be talking about that with the dads, especially some dads that you know it's not going to happen with, it just feels dirty. Like there's not a lot of things I think you have to do as the lead that feel like, dirty or manipulative Mm -hmm. now there's things that happen that you choose to do that are manipulative like that happens but there's not many situations that you're like that like 
the show sets you up to be manipulative. This is definitely one of them. It was a very uncomfortable thing for me. I know it was very uncomfortable for Matt. It's just really odd because it's the first time you meet the family. You're really hoping they like you because at this point, you're pretty emotionally drained. You're exhausted. Uh, you can see the end. The finish line is near. And you have one big thing in front of you uh, this week, and that's talking to the families. And you have to sit down with these dads or these moms or whoever it is in some cases, uncles and grandparents and grandmas, like whoever it is that you ask. And it, it's just heavy. Like it's not, yeah. it's not fun. I will say right. it's one of the memories from the show that I remember being, having the least amount of enjoyment in was mm-hmm. the end of hometowns when that would have to happen. I get that. But don't you, res- don't you wish or respect the fact that Matt was like, I'm not going to ask now. I'm going to call your dad. And it was weird to me that Rachel was, she said she was bummed to hear that. And I'm like, girl, don't be bummed. That's very exciting. He's definitely going to call your dad one day. <laughs> I think it is one of the best things Matt could have done. Uh, because yeah. ultimately the relationships on this show, only one of them will survive. Let's just say for the, the sake of this conversation, Rachel and him end up together at the end. Well, then he and Rachel are going to start a life together. These other women are going to matter to him. I know he cares about them, but they won't have really a role in his life. And so for for him to start out on the right foot with her family mm-hmm. as he like starts to enter into her family is really important. So I think it was a great move. I I just don't think Rachel understood what exactly Matt was saying. That's what I get from okay. the like I don't okay. think I think she was a little bit like confused on wait, is he telling me he's not there? Is he telling me that you know, he's not asking my dad because he can't see that. Like, I just don't think she got what he was saying. And I think Matt secretly just like, if he would have said it without being filtered, was like, Hey Rachel, I'm going to ask your dad here in a few weeks if I can marry you. So I'm not going to ask him today. Yeah. So just like understand that. And, and anyways, well, what did you, what was the overall tone that you got from Rachel's family? Like, do you feel like they're excited about this next chapter? Nervous? What do you think? They weren't at. They weren't super warm and welcoming. The mom seemed nice. It's just the dad was just the the the, the grizzly bear dad. Yeah, we see it every season. Yeah, we do. And, I mean, but like also like moving into Bree's section of the episode, it was kind of like the grizzly bear mom. Yeah, <laughs> she really wasn't. She was not keen on 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 anything. <laughs> it's really hard. I mean. <laughs> Do you know I, what I mean? Well, definitely. She was not warm to him. Well, and it's really hard, I think, as a parent, because I don't know what it feels like to hear that your kid's signing up for this show. And I, I can't relate with that. I, I mean, my parents were kind of more confused, I think, at, at the first, at the start. And then it's all kind of fun and games, right? Then there's some excitement around it. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you kind of celebrate it. And then all of a sudden you realize, oh, crap. Like, this is like life-altering, life-changing, like what we're talking about here is is going to change the like it's going to change our son or daughter's life forever and yeah. and i think that's where it might hit these parents where it's like can we just take a second like this doesn't make any sense to me like this can we just take a second and like not be okay with the fact that you're telling me that you're in love and this guy's also dating three other women right now i i get it i just think there's like a bet a good way to go about it in a in a in a way that doesn't really help any party involved. And I, and I think going at it aggressively and being like, I'm against it or going at it and being like, this is stupid. I don't think helps. I don't think anybody's going to respond yeah. well to that. Yeah, no, I agree. I just like wish that they would be like, think of it more as a, Oh, we're getting to know him type thing. 
we'll see where this leads and less of a like intimidation situation. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm just crazy. Maybe like no. everybody most people most families would be harder. I just feel like my my parent my my mom would be so giddy and my dad would be like this is the effing f- craziest shit I've ever been a part of. I yeah. cannot believe I'm here. <laughs> this is silly. <laughs> well, and and how would that feel, right? So say your dad does show up and my he's My dad needs to come on the podcast and be like this is how feel? I would have been. <laughs> but what if he shows up and he and you're in love and you're like trying to pursue this next step and it's already a little weird to you and he goes, "This is silly." It would hurt you, right? It would hurt you. You'd be confused, but it would yeah. be a, it'd be a fair thing to say. Like, this is silly, guys. Like, take a second. Now, it works sometimes, and that's why we love the show, because sometimes love comes out of it. But let's be honest. This week especially feels silly because it's so hard on on the lead, and it's also hard on these girls, and their families are there. And you see the families for, like a couple hours and then you leave and you're like, Hey, next time I talk to you, I might be engaged. Like that's wild. That's just wild. I know. <laughs> okay. Let's go into Bree's date. So Bree, uh, takes him, uh, what is it called? F- Four wheeling sort of off-roading. And she's like getting payback for that time that he took oh, her yeah. in the four wheeler and like tipped it over and all that. Um, I can just tell right off the bat that she, that he feels the weakest for Brie. Why? And I feel like, why? I don't know. He just like, every time she kind of like explains her feelings, I feel like instead of having that excited look in his eye, he's having that like, oh man, I'm going to have to let her down one day look in his eye. Interesting. I mean, okay, so you're saying, not that you don't know, you're saying you see it in his eyes. Like you just- I feel like I see it in his eyes. Okay, you see it in his eyes, fair. Especially at the end, I don't mean to jump, but at the end of meeting her family when they're sitting outside and she said, like, I'm falling in love with you. It was first off, like, we see that a couple weeks ago, Matt says, I'm falling in love with Rachel. So we know that he is, that she's so far ahead in this game. Yeah. Um, Then with Michelle, she says, I'm falling in love with you. And he doesn't say it back, which is telling for us as an audience that she's not up to par with Rachel. Um, she also he it, but he looks excited and very happy to hear that from her when Bree says it. He just like kind of nods and ha- doesn't smile hmm. and then makes out with her. <laughs> well, that's always the, that's always a good fallback plan on the show. When things get weird, just start kissing. Yeah, okay. So they go four wheel in. Um, she says that she still feels um bad about the fact that she wouldn't be able to give Matt a conventional family, which is like really sad, but Matt says that it doesn't that it doesn't matter at all. And um he they go in and meet his her best friend, her mom, and then the baby sister. And of course, it's very sweet to see Brie interact with the baby sister. And he's like being like, oh, man, I can like really start visualizing families with these women. And then Brie's mom comes and goes and chats with her. And she says that she feels like there's a mutual connection. She says that she's falling in love with him and she's so scared. And her mom is like, I want to protect you. Um because like the worst case is of course you know she's gonna have a broken heart but that they could mend that together and they'll survive if that does happen so we have this we have this date i'm with you it does feel like the one i still and and i'll share my opinion here in a second i think serena 
obviously, uh, <laughs> with how the show plays out. She's like obviously the, the least in the mat, <laughs> which mm-hmm. I think at this point is pretty telling because we which seen... I called last week. So then we have Brie. I think would be next. I, this is a little side tangent. Watching this episode, though, even though yes, I don't think their connection is as strong as Michelle or Rachel's. I think she has Bachelorette written all over. I think, I think, uh, with how bad uh, she she wants to find a partner. I think also with um, just who she is and and how she's been on the show. I think she has Bachelorette written all over. I'd be shocked. Okay, okay, really, because I would say that Michelle would have a hand up on her. Really interesting. Well, we'll, we'll watch. I mean, there's a, there's a couple. Some seasons you and I are sitting here at this point being like, yeah, the, none of these people have Bachelor or Bachelorette, you know, all, written all over them, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I think we said that when Ari became the the Bachelor, we're like, who from this season could be the Bachelor? Like, nobody. Like, that. this doesn't make sense. And then he became the Bachelor. I, right. I think with this season, they have like four or five names we could say, oh, yeah, that could work. Oh, yeah, that could work. I mean, I just think yeah. it goes down the list. Uh, well, let's jump into Serena's then date here. I mean, this is this is a really important part of the episode. Um, especially now that we know how it plays out, you know, watching their first part of the date and putting it into the perspective of what we know at the end. Uh, I think, I mean, I'm not shocked, but I, I think this is going to have a traumatic, a dramatic impact on Matt's, uh, next few weeks because he's going to be worried about this thing happening again. Oh, I'm sorry. I keep jumping ahead, but what the heck is it? The scene to the next episode. Yeah. Well, let's talk what? about that a little bit. He's, let's talk okay, about it a little fine, bit. Fine, 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 fine. All right. Yes, I loved. Like, I think Serena is one of my favorites. She's just fun to hang out with. I love the fact that she set up the that like Canadian yeah. getting to know Canada date. That was fun. And then like the ice hockey. That was cute. She's just really relaxed seeming yeah. on TV. Like she seems like she's being very much herself. She's not putting on a show, and you can tell because. She, she ends up, you know, being honest with her feelings and not going forward with it. Um, her family was like, honestly, I I don't even like think of, I wasn't even thinking about her family very much because I think the most monumental conversation during that family meeting part was the one between her and her sister, in which her sister was like, "You don't seem smitten," and. And then there was the conversation with her mom about doubts because apparently she was so rocked by her last um, failed relationship. And I think I think the whole point of the whole theme of that meeting was less about Matt and more about um, just Serena kind of realizing that she didn't have it with that. And did you feel the same? Well, and I wonder too if this will be good for her, right? I mean, you kind of need that. I don't know if you want to call it motivation, uh, if you want to encouragement. You know, when you get out of a tough relationship, you need that next step. And and not that she went into this thinking this was the next step. She probably went into this thinking I'm ready. But you realize that hey, I'm not ready. But now I at least see that I'm not ready and I can start to work on that. And I, and I think that's maybe where we're going here is I don't know if this is as much of a, a thing to do with Matt, even though, you know, she, he is the right one for her, but is, is more of a, hey, I'm not ready for this commitment. I'm still hurt. I need to go back and heal. I think yes, but no, because okay. I feel like that's kind of what she wanted it to be. 
like, oh, like, I just need to get over the past in order to move forward with him. But then when she sits down with him and actually breaks up with him, she says, you're not my person. And I think she really knew in her gut that he wasn't. And I can't believe that they, it's actually a little kind of funny, that they made it seem like she was totally dumping him. She, she walked him out. Yeah. He had to get in the SUV. Yeah, it's so sad. It's really sad. I feel bad for him. But I also think like he knew. In, I mean, I'm just speaking for what I'm seeing here. I think he was like, oh, man, I really like Serena. I don't think she was the one. I think in his head, he knows that Rachel's the one. And um, I think now his fear is that it's that Rachel's going to realize that her feelings aren't strong enough for him. And then she's going to leave. But I'm looking at the scenes for the next episode. Now I can talk about it. Uh, does she leave? <laughs> I think she's the only person who could rock him the way that he looks yeah. rocked. Yeah. No, I mean... This is two weeks, by the way. Uh, we're talking um, not the. This is uh, next next, week. year, next week's woman tell all. Um, I don't. Yeah, I. I mean, there's always been this kind of hint that like there's something to come, right? Yeah. Rob Mills has always been hinting at hey, this season's finish is is wild and it's worth tuning in for. And like so far, I'm like, okay, well, how things are going? It could be beautiful, and it could tell a love story but i don't know if there's like something gripping now we're seeing hints that like this is going to end in dramatic fashion um and i and i agree with you i think rachel right now feels like the only one that could do that to him but i have a feeling it's not her i think it's one of these other women who leave as well and then he's confused and he's starting to feel like is everybody going to go away there's no way that michelle leaves on her own no way She's very much preparing and excited for an engagement. And then Brie also feels like she's there, even though I don't think he's there with her. So I truly cannot figure out what he could be so emotional over. Well. But I'm excited. I'm actually really excited now. Yeah. Are you excited for the woman tell all? No. Okay. Why? (laughs) I'm not a huge fan of the tell-alls. Yeah. It's just rehashing old drama um, that usually doesn't really come to the best conclusion. It will be interesting to see Victoria and see if she takes any sort of accountability for her actions yeah. because it seems like in the scenes for the next episode, you see her her like try to explain that it was like her insecurities that got the best of her and that's why she needs, she hopes that people will forgive her. But I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think it's hard to say. I, I think this cast this year has been criticized and celebrated all all at once. I think early on, people were probably pretty frustrated with the bullying, um, pretty disgusted maybe, the better way to say it, with the bullying. Mm-hmm. I think that as we've gone on, there's been a couple women really shine and, and go to the top. So I'm excited to kind of see how they're doing now and, and how they're processing it. Uh, th- but I'm not like this isn't a tell-all that – I'm gripped by. In fact, not. Very, I am excited for the next couple of weeks of the show, though. I'm excited to get back to these relationships and to see how it plays out. Well, Ashley, uh, just like we do every week, rank this episode A to F, please. I think for hometowns it was a C, and I hate comparing everything to Tasha's season. And you guys know that like Tasha's season was one of my favorite seasons ever. Yeah, but like I felt so much for every hometown visit. 
Yeah. I felt like I really got to know the guys better. I got a good grip on how Tasha's relationship with the family would be in the future. There was a lot of warmth and acceptance there. And I just didn't get like the same uplifting vibes with with this. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give it a C as well. I think uh, for home t- hometowns is always one of my favorites because there's always something cool from home that comes in. Uh, you know, they get to meet the families. You get to see like their their lives a little bit. Get a picture into them. This just didn't do it for me. Uh, but hey, who are we? We're critics, and uh, but typically we're not. Like typically we're we're pretty pretty we're pretty pretty favorable compared to most on this show. And and I don't know. Maybe we're completely off. Tell us if we are. Hey, Ashley, let's take a break here. When we come back, we're going to talk to Blake Hortzman, who was in Austin uh, this last week during the ice storm. Uh, And Ashley and I also have uh, kind of uh, compiled a list of organizations and places that you can support as listeners right now that can uh, help uh, the people in Texas. And so we're going to read that list, talk to Blake uh, when we come back with the Almost Famous Podcast. What keeps baby skin healthy? A diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. That's why Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better versus the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection to help keep your baby's skin dry and healthy. We have been a Pampers family since the start with Dawson. It takes you a few months of experimentation to figure out what really works, and for us, Pampers really works. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologists approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic, and they're free of parabens and latex. All that, so important. Try Swaddlers with the new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin, For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are. Leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Claim comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. 
And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course, we'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture, and we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey loves, it's Paris Hilton, and my new podcast, This is Paris, is out now. I just wanted to do a podcast because I feel like I have so much to talk about. There's so many things that happen in my life that are so exciting. I want to be able to connect with you all. Just in the past like week, I've been talking to so many of my friends and just really just fun and interesting and hilarious and really cool people that want to be on the show. So it's just going to be so different to be the one asking questions because I'm so used to everyone asking me questions. I've seen the guest list of people coming on this podcast. Oh my gosh. I could not get these people, so I'm really excited that I'm on this podcast with you, Paris. This is going to be an insane run. And if you guys want to listen to it, uh, you should. Listen to This Is Paris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, guys, we have Blake on the line. Blake, tell us everything, start to finish, about your week last week stranded in Texas. Why were you there in the first place? Yeah, it was uh, it was supposed to be a quick trip. It ended up being about almost a week. Um, I went down there to play a DJ set um, at a rooftop bar there down called Summit down in down in Austin. Um, and we were warned, you know, when we went down there, we got down there, and people were like, you know, there's like a winter storm coming in. I was like, I'm fine. I'm from Colorado. Like, yeah. it'll yeah. be fine. You know. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, big, big big storm coming to Texas. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> yeah, right? I was like I'll be fine. Uh, but I remember I woke. We woke up on Saturday. I was supposed to play Saturday night. Uh, we woke up on Saturday, and my flight had already been canceled for Sunday. And I was like, "That's that's bizarre." But it's fine. We'll like book another airline or something. You know, it's got to be something else. It was weird because it was it was cold. It was Texas cold. It wasn't like you know Colorado cold, Minnesota yeah. cold, Canada cold, nothing like that. Uh, and so uh, we did the gig, and it was outside and stuff, and it was great. You know, it was like you know, mass, all that was worn. It ended up being really successful. Uh, we woke up the next morning and everything was, the whole city was shut down. Um, and that's why like, I, like, you know, a lot of people in my DMs were like, you know, it doesn't even look that bad out, blah, blah, blah. But like Texas is not built for that kind of cold and that kind of weather. And, and like, let's, let's pause here then, because there's a good note there. You're right. Uh, I was, uh, I was in Nashville 
uh, at my future in-laws house during this and they shut down too for a week. Now they didn't lose power and they didn't lose water. Mm -hmm. But when you say not built, like in Colorado, you get a snowstorm and the plows are out, the salt treks, the, you know, the beet juice, like everything's out on the roads. It's taken care of overnight and you're back to going again. Um, you know, the planes have the de-icing, uh, you know, solvent, like all that happens. Well, in Texas, they don't have those things. Like why would you buy 30 plows if you use it once every a hundred years? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's, and even like, yeah, Denver DIA has some runways yeah. that are heated. You know yeah. what I mean? So like they just weren't, yeah, we woke up Sunday and there was still no snow, but it was cold. It was like 20 degrees or so. Um, Sunday night is when it got really bad. I'm not gonna lie. Like it was even a decent amount. It was like a good blizzard. Like so they had seven inches in a couple hours and it was blowing really hard, some crazy snow drifts. And that's when I was like, oh no, you know, cause like you said, there's no plows and there's no salt. So the roads were no joke, two to three inches of, of ice. It was, it was scary. It was really, really bad. Like just walking across the street to the seven 11 took me like 15 minutes because I was walking so slow and so yeah. gingerly. What about the food situation? You were living off seven 11 food because there was no room service. Like you just couldn't eat a real meal. And yeah. That applies to so many people in Texas. So many right now. And, that, and it was, it, that was the scary part. That's when I got, no, it got real because so all Ubers were shut down, all like Uber Eats, Postmates, all those shut down. And then the hotels were running out of food and the trucks couldn't get, could not get in to, uh, to deliver the, you know, the, pa- you know, the packages of food and stuff like that, shipments of food. So we slowly started running out of food. Um, we got to the point where we were getting like, you know, whatever they had left in the kitchen, like ham sandwiches and things like that. They're making sandwiches for us. Uh, and the other thing about Texas, all their pipes are above ground. So none of them are like below ground or anything. So I don't know a single hotel. Maybe there's like two or three hotels in the city, but hotels and apartment buildings that did not have a pipe burst. Like everybody I knew, pipes froze and burst and just spilled water. Everywhere. So they were running out of water. There was no power. There was no food. It was like the end of times down there. It really, really was. It was scary for a lot of people. It was, the, it was a lot. And the thing is too, is to note is if you could have eaten at 7-Eleven every day, that would have been great. Like you could have done mm-hmm. it. But what happened was there was no ability to get into the city or to replenish this. Like nothing was doing. So that food was running out. The hotel food was running out. Water was spilling all over these hotels. Like, and then let's throw on top of it something that you didn't mention. You know, Texas a few years ago uh, changed their power grid and deregulated yeah. it and, and yeah. privatized it. Um, and it shut down. I mean, all power had shut down across the whole state. They're doing these rolling blackouts. Tell me about that. What, what is, if anybody isn't, what is a rolling blackout? I think the, the, the way it works is they basically cut power on purpose mm-hmm. in neighborhoods to lessen the amount of power being used and the amount, you know, the amount of, I guess, overuse by this, the system. So I think it's just rolling blackouts. They purposely would send, you know, certain neighborhoods blacked out for like a couple hours here or there. Um, and that was honestly like, my hotel didn't lose power, but I remember I was standing in line. There was like, you know, 40 minute wait at the hotel lobby to get food. And I remember standing in line. There was a couple ahead of me with a newborn baby. Uh. And they were like, we had to come here, you know, for, we haven't had a power in two days. And they were like, we can't, you know, it's freezing cold in our house and we can't, we don't have food and have a newborn baby. So they're like, we, we come here to grab some food. And they, they were able to finally get us a room. But a lot of people were just hanging out in the lobby because they, they, they need wanted heat you know? So it was, it was pretty wild. I mean, it was really scary. My, uh, my buddy, um, one of my best friends since I was little, he has, uh, three kids all under the age of six and he lives in Austin. 
and uh, they lost power, and obviously then they lost heat. Their house uh, got down to 40 degrees inside. Um, So they went to a hotel. They drove like two hours to a hotel. That hotel lost power. They drove back to their house, found a generator, and they were heating one room. And this is what he told me. And it's crazy. He goes, hey, I was driving, and it feels like end times. Like there's cars parked everywhere. Yeah. Uh, there's cars abandoned. Uh, there's people, you know, one of the things that was on the news uh, last evening that I saw, and it's still happening, where there are people in the city park, like Austin was able to get water running to the city park, and there's like a three-hour line of people with buckets um, filling up the, you know, filling up their buckets with clean water just to take it back home. But one of the things he told me was right before uh, he they this happened it was valentine's day and his wife had gone to the grocery and bought a bunch of stuff to like do for valentine's day dinner on and he goes that's the only reason that you know we aren't in in dire need is because we just happened to time it perfectly not knowing the results but like grocery stores had ran out of food i mean this is like this is not like this is not funny this is not like this is something that it was is still affecting the lives of people in Texas, and that's where I want to transition here for a second until we talk about your trip to uh, to get back to Denver, which is I think super interesting. There's yeah. some good resources out there, um, and please continue to share them. Maybe on our Instagram page, uh, comment some good places you know. But the Salvation Army of Texas, uh, go to give.salvationarmytexas.org. Uh, American Red Cross. Obviously, we know uh, about the Red Cross. They're they're massive. The RedCross.org is their website, not the what. It's just RedCross.org. And then Austin Disaster Relief Network. Uh, you can go to ADRN.org to donate there. Um, definitely something that still needs donations. Definitely something still impacting people in Texas. But Blake, you were able to get out. Mm-hmm. How did that happen? It was. Yeah. So I think basically Tuesday night um, we were like, you know what? If our flight gets canceled again tomorrow, Wednesday, like we got to find a way to get Dallas because flights are getting out of Dallas. We are like, we got to, you know, we got, and, and what sucks is like, we were holding up in a hotel where maybe a family whose home is flooded and cold needs it, you know? So we yeah. were like, if we can get out, they can use, I mean, we even checked out of one hotel early so that another family could come in, you know, cause I went through four hotels in like four days. Um, so I was like, we got, we need to get home, you know, like, so we get to the airport as soon as we go into security Wednesday morning course flight gets canceled and they canceled they went over the intercom and said no all flights are grounded for the day there's nothing getting out of us and we're like oh my god so we're like okay let's go run you know get to the rental car we go to rental car of course there's a huge line everybody got the same thing we did so we get there there's no more rental cars available i start calling other rental places in town nobody has a car available uh so we're pretty desperate at this point um because we didn't have a hotel that night no i didn't know what we were going to do sleep in the you know the airport or what so uh I get on my Instagram and I basically was like, you know what? Uh, please share this, post this, whatever you can. But if there's anybody going, already going from Austin to Dallas, I will hop on. You know, me and my buddy Eric will hop in. We'll pay for snacks. We'll pay for gas. Like whatever we can do to hop in with you. Um, and I got some inquiries. Um, but then there was one girl and it was her, she was like, you know what? My cousin just got one of the last rental cars in the city. And she's driving to Dallas and then to Oklahoma City. She's like, she's by herself. Like we want you to go with her. Like yeah. we, that would be great if you yeah. could go with her. So she gave me her number and we ended up talking and I was like, yeah, let's do it. She's like, I'm leaving now. I was like, perfect. We're at the airport. We're packed up. Like, let's wow. do it. Yeah. So it worked out and she was great. You know, thankfully she was, she was awesome girl. And I, like I said, like I'll be, I'll be completely honest. The first 30 miles from Austin took about two and a half hours and it was scary. Like it was really, really scary. The ice that was on the interstate was so bad that even like a percent 
of an incline, these inner, these um, semis were rolling backwards on the interstate. Uh. It was terrifying for the first like 30 miles. It took us about two and a half hours. We were, I mean, we were weaving in and out of these semis that were going backwards. There was actually literally tractors on the interstate trying to like pull these semis up these tiny grades, like tiny, tiny grades, you know, like almost like an on-ramp. Like that's the kind of stuff they would get stuck on. Um, there were oh semis jackknifed all over the road. Um, so it was really bad. And there was a moment where we we got really lucky. Uh, we had two huge decisions because we actually went to a 7-Eleven. And Man, 7-Eleven up coming on food through. And water. Yeah. We stocked up on food and water because we were like, we're going to get stuck on the interstate over the night. Like, we're just going to have to s- sleep in this car. Um, and we ended up pulling off the highway right at the exactly the right time. We went on like a dump road for a little while for a good 20 minutes. And then this is probably the sketchiest thing I've ever done. Um, we were getting on an on-ramp to get back on the highway and the semis in front of us stopped and started rolling backwards. Oh so God. we threw it in reverse and we whipped it around and we ended up going, <laughs> we ended up going on an off-ramp the wrong way and turn onto the interstate because there was no, all the semis were stuck. So there was nobody on the on-ramp. All the semis were stuck behind it. And we ended up getting back on the interstate and then we were the only car for the next, I don't know, hundred miles because every other car got stuck behind the semis. Oh so that was gosh. the one move that helped us get through. And then it took us another four hours after that to get to Dallas. But once we, once we finally got there, it was a good feeling. And then we got out the first thing the next morning, first flight out, but it was scary. And I feel for Texas a lot. Like I said, a lot of people think like, Oh, they're overreacting or whatever, but it's not, it is, it is dire down there. And like, like Ben said, this isn't something that's going to like overnight get better. I mean, people have lost homes. I mean, the power, I mean, it's almost like a hurricane down there. Like this is going to take months for them to get back on their feet. This might be a silly question, but how did it feel driving in a car with somebody you just met and like needing to trust their driving skills in such conditions? Yeah, it was it was funny. And I'm actually going to have her on my podcast at some point, I think, and talk about it because it, it was hard. It was a lot because, like I said, those first 30 miles was and she was driving the first 30 miles. And uh, it was scary, especially, too, because, of course, you know, like her phone was blowing up because uh, I like tagged her in a story and her phone was blowing up. And I was like, why don't you just put your phone down for a little yeah. while? Let's go down the road. Uh, but no, I, she it was we got really lucky because she was awesome. She was a great driver. She was she wasn't like a like she had driven and stuff like this before. So that was that was a plus like me and her had both driven in, in winter, you know, so um, that helped a lot. But uh, I got lucky for sure. Could have been really bad. The uh, so Blake, you were in Texas, though, just to give a little shout out to your podcast with Eric, which is your co-host on yep. Behind the Rose podcast, which you guys do together. Uh, you're down there for a gig. You make it back to Dallas. You're home now. Uh, is there any other ways, you know, we just mentioned a few organizations that people can donate and support. Is there anything else you know of from being down there and seeing and hearing about it that you would want to tell people to focus on? Yeah, actually. And I, I, I have a story, like one of those highlights yeah. in my um, profile where I put the trip and then I also put like a bunch of places you can donate or whatnot. Um, Austin Mutual Aid is actually raising money for families who are now maybe in a hotel for the next month because their houses are completely destroyed. So Austin Mutual Aid is a great spot. Um, there's a couple others. Um, you know, what was really sad was seeing, you know, like like you said, Texas does not use this weather. Um, a lot of the, the homeless out yeah. there. Um, it was bad. You know, they were there. I knew met some girls who spent like a thousand bucks on blankets and they were running around giving, you know, homeless people these blankets. So there's a lot of places you can donate to help out the homeless um, out there in in Austin and Dallas and Houston. Uh, But yeah, in my story, there's, um, there's a lot of uh, resources. So, okay. Well, go check out Blake's story. In fact, Blake, I'm going to do something right now. I'm going to steal that slide 
and I'm going to yeah. post it myself. And then the almost famous yeah. podcast can probably post that or, or we you know we can pass it around. It's yeah. uh, thanks for sharing the story. What a wild few days for you. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it, it is a story you'll tell for a long time, but it's also, you know, let's, let's spend this time hearing from you and then focus on Texas because that's, you know, I mean, yeah. I mean, I can't imagine it. It just, it crushes me to think that like there's people without homes out there, um, unprepared, you know, uh, alone, isolated. And there's people losing their homes now as well. And like the cost to that, this, you know, the, there's just a lot, man. So thanks yeah, for sharing. Um, bad. yeah, let's go out, respond. And, uh, man, uh, anything right now, other than the behind the rose podcast, that you want to give a quick shout out to that's going on in your life? Uh, no, that's pretty much it. Check out Behind Those Podcast. Um, follow me at balake.h. Uh, but that's pretty much it. Appreciate you guys having me on. And like I said, yeah, we'll, we'll share as many resources and cool. fundraising abilities as we can. So thanks, buddy. About Texas. Hey, Thinking appreciate about it, you guys in Texas. Love yeah, you. What keeps baby skin healthy? A diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. That's why Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better versus the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection to help keep your baby's skin dry and healthy. We have been a Pampers family since the start with Dawson. It takes you a few months of experimentation to figure out what really works, and for us, Pampers really works. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologists approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic, and they're free of parabens and latex. All that, so important. Try Swaddlers with the new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin, for trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello! Acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. 
We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature. And of course, we'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Eugene Fodor. Gene, we'll boot it. Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you write the books, Gene, and Vlastar on the business. I understand now. He's a wise man who marries a wiser woman. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Gene. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh! Gene, run! So travel before it's too late. Your money will return. Your time won't. And we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The biggest headline coming out of Bachelor Nation this week has probably come out during this podcast recording. Matt James has put out a formal statement regarding the Chris Harrison and Rachel Lindsay extra interview. Now, he did discussed this briefly on his Instagram story last week. He said in a story, I am beyond grateful to have Rachel as a mentor during this season. Your advocacy for the BIPOC people in this franchise is invaluable. I stand with you and the rest of the women advocating for change and accountability. But just now, he put out, I'd say, a more formal statement on his Instagram feed And this is what it reads. The past few weeks have been some of the most challenging of my life. And while there are several episodes left of the season, it is important that I take the time to address the troubling information that has come to light since we wrapped filming, including the incredibly disappointing photos of Rachel Kirkconnell and the interview between Rachel Lindsay and Chris Harrison. The reality is I am learning about these situations in real time. It has been devastating and heartbreaking, to put it bluntly. Chris's failure to receive and understand the emotional labor that my friend Rachel Lindsay was taking on by graciously and patiently explaining the racist history of the antebellum South, a painful history that every American should understand intimately, was troubling and painful to watch. As black people and allies immediately knew and understood, it was a clear reflection of a much larger issue that the Bachelor franchise has fallen short on addressing adequately for years. This moment has sparked critical conversations and reporting, raised important questions, and resulted in inspiring displays of solidarity from Bachelor Nation. It has also pushed me to reevaluate and process what my experience on The Bachelor represents, not just for me, but for all the contestants of color, especially the black contestants of this season and seasons past, and for you, the viewers at home. I will continue to process this experience, and you'll hear more from me in the end. My greatest prayer is that this is an inflection point that results in real and institutional change for the better. Like Matt says... 
He has plenty more to say on this, and I'm assuming that we'll hear a lot about this topic during After the Final Rose. Um, He was not the only person to speak out about race in Bachelor Nation this week, as this conversation fortunately continues. Uh, Going from that then to this story, uh, Trista Sutter on her podcast that is called uh, Better Etc., the headline reads, Chris Harrison will do the work that is necessary to learn from his mistakes amid Bachelor controversy. This is according to Us Weekly. She says on the podcast that she does not condone racism nor participating or defending it. She says that she wants us to all do better, of course. Um, she wants to be better allies. She says that she thinks it's important to highlight racial inequalities in the world. Um, but she said it's also not okay for certain people within Bachelor Nation to shame other people within Bachelor Nation who are not directly involved with this controversy because they haven't spoken up. She said that that being said, she should um, Harrison should be held accountable for his words and actions. Um, she said that bachelor nation feels like family to her but just because um your family doesn't mean you have to agree with the other person's words or actions definitely not um well Tasha adamson says to, to chime in here chris harrison stepping aside from the bachelor is a really good thing this is according to people Yeah, she said that, um, I'm going to read this direct quote. She said, I think after reading his apology, there's a few things that stuck out to me. It hit my heart a little bit more to know that he actually meant what he was saying. He said, by excusing historical racism, I defended it, which was absolutely the truth. And the fact that he called that out and owned up to that and he acknowledged that means a lot to me. She also said that... um, The fact that he said this is not just a moment, but a commitment to a much greater, a much greater understanding that will actively make each day that he that he will actively make each day also meant a lot to her. She said that um, this isn't just a moment, just like how Black Lives Matter isn't going to just be a trending topic on Instagram. Um, It's a thing that takes place every single day that we should be actively trying to partake in and better. She Mm. also said that um, his words affected a lot of people, herself included, and that she thinks that by him taking ownership and not just issuing an apology and then going back to work the next day like nothing happened speaks volumes on his behalf. She said that that we have to allow people to prove us wrong, prove themselves, and she said, direct quote, I've learned this in my relationship. I mean, Zachary used to be an addict and he's done a lot wrong in a time that I never even knew him and he needed somebody to give him a second chance in order to prove himself. He wasn't going to lie anymore. Um, He wasn't going to lie anymore that he wasn't going to do drugs anymore, that he was just going to do all these things that he used to, and he made an insanely different path for himself and now is helping a lot of people because of that second chance. It's interesting to hear that because obviously with Chris Harrison's platform uh, and the years he's been doing the show and the massive following the show has, uh, there's a huge opportunity here uh, to make really positive change. Like there's mm-hmm. a big opportunity for that right now, you know, as, as Tasha was kind of saying, uh, which is something that uh, that we'll look for. Right. I mean, it's it's mm-hmm. happening, hopefully, behind the scenes. Uh, you know, Chris has came out publicly and said he is working on stuff. Uh, but if that is true, then he's going to come out 
and have a really positive impact because a lot of people want to hear from him and and listen to him. And just like the, you know the cast here, there's a lot like Tasha, huge following, Rachel Lindsay, huge following. You know their words right now are mattering a ton too to how we go forward. It's it's something that the almost famous podcast listeners have always done, right? They've always rallied around. Uh, just like the Texas example, right? They've always rallied around uh, the idea that people matter and that people should feel love and be loved because they deserve to be loved. They're humans. And I think uh, the Almost Famous podcast here uh, and, and many others in Bachelor Nation are saying, okay, this is a good opportunity to, to hold each other accountable, to, to learn and get better so that people out there can feel loved and be loved. Well, uh, this headline's weird to me how it reads. Ashley, I need you to break it down because the article... Uh, and the following of it doesn't at all go with what the headline reads. But I'm going to say the headline, and I'm, if you're listening, don't just stop here. Listen to how this is explained because we're going to read the exact quote. Rachel Lindsay says on whether Chris Harrison should be fired. Let's see what happens. Now, that's not at all what she says. She She's a lot more clear in, in her response. Ashley, what does she say? Yes, she says that... Um, he needs to take time to get educated on a profound and productive level. Uh, she says, I, th- I think you have to see what happens. Dot, dot, dot. I think I don't want to play into things too quick to judge someone. Right. Am I disappointed? Absolutely. Do I agree with what happened in that interview? No. But at the same time, he has taken steps to not issue one, but two apologies. Let's see what happens from there. Yeah. So the headline's a little misleading, just like headlines typically bit. are. Uh, but yeah, she's saying, hey, he's issued two apologies. Let's see what happens. And um, and uh, we're going to continue to follow that story as well. It's not just a story. It's, it's something that's happening in this world right now, right? This is an yeah. action that a lot of people are needing to take. And then uh, obviously it just kind of came to the public eye uh, during this interview with Rachel and Chris. Well, Ashley, this headline reads, and it's shocking. I mean, shocking to me. I had, I did not see it coming. Maybe you did. But the Bachelorettes, Claire Crawley and Dale Moss, reunite in Florida just one month after Split. It could not be more shocking to me. Okay. I, I was hoping so. I did, I did not feel like this was on the horizon. I wasn't sure that Claire would even be open to talking to Dale. I didn't know that Dale was going to have any interest in talking to Claire. The two of them were spotted in Florida last Tuesday. One month after news broke that they were going to separate, that they were separated, um, they were seen at No No Como's Sunset Hut. So not only are they seen in Florida together last week, but she just posted on Sunday a picture of her hand with seashells in them. So possibly, probably still in Florida with a ring on her left finger and somebody's foot who looks like Dale's according to the sleuthers um, is in the background of this photo the caption reads collecting memories so wow um uh, okay this Ashley is bizarro to me I don't understand how this isn't a, like a massive story I mean maybe it is in Bachelor Nation I'm just a little out of touch uh with what people are talking about, but like Claire Crawley and Dale Moss reunite. We've seen nothing from them in like, except like a lot. I mean, quite honestly, like a lot of tears, uh, a lot of rumors. Now, 
hey, if they find themselves back together again, I I think everybody would would celebrate that as long as it's healthy and it's good for both of them. Oh wait, holy sh- Ben. What? This gets crazier. Okay. Okay. So there's that post that she posted yesterday and we have confirmation that she's still in Florida. She's in at the Ritz-Carlton at in Sarasota. Um and there's a picture of them, Claire and Dale, holding hands Whoa. at the pool. They're not even trying and to hide And then, it. wait, and then <laughs> Onlooker said they were very affectionate, holding hands a lot. 100% seems like they're back together. They looked like they were having a great time. Dale carried her on the beach. Okay, so they're not even trying to hide it because if, mm-hmm. like, there's not many, th- like, I've, never carried carried jessica on the beach um <laughs> and so like you don't that's like def, def like th- at this point it's just out there like they're definitely something going on i don't know what it is but they're not even trying to keep it from us i mean i i would go as far right now as to say yes it's confirmed that they're together in florida i mean there's pictures they're at a hotel who knows what's going on ashley now here's the second question for you where are you finding all of this like who's out there tracking claire and dale down uh, these bachelor sleuthers. Uh, that seems like something that would give me. <laughs> if I start reading those blogs, it, my I would ha- I'd be in a corner in the fetal position, just bawling, so sad because I'm sure they're, they're they know everything or at least Bachelor they think Nation they do. Scoop. It's an Instagram account posting uh, the photos. Oh, okay, I follow that one. That one's sometimes fun because okay. I can keep track of my friends and what they're up to. Uh, <laughs> well, the story's wide. We'll keep track of it. I'm sure we'll have more to talk about next week. Maybe they'll post a picture together and just really start it. Well. I'm wait. I'm smiling because like I'm happy for her. This is great. You're you're this happy. Very exciting and that's so good. unexpected. That's good. Huh. <laughs> okay. That's nice. Uh, this headline's wild. Uh, I saw it uh, scrolling through Instagram one day. I had to scroll back and I was like, "What in the heck is going on? This is just crazy." So the headline reads: Hannah Brown's brother Patrick hangs out with Jed Wyatt's ex Haley Stevens. This is according to Us Weekly. Ashley, what is going on? This is so wild, guys. Okay, so Haley Stevens is the girl that Jed was allegedly seeing uh, when he went on Hannah's season. This is the girl that he apparently called at the airport and said, like, bye, I'm doing the show. And now Hannah Brown's brother has posted a picture of her on Instagram Oh, and no. the the lyrics that he posted along with the picture go to the song uh it, go, it goes to the song by Ashley McBride which is called American Scandal the in the quotes that he uses don't tell me the world couldn't handle a good old fashioned american scandal hold me baby oh no can you believe this it this seems dangerous there's, hearts, there's like kiss faces yeah kissing and winking emojis this seems dangerous. This seems like it doesn't end well. I don't know how it ends, but it just doesn't end well. Oh, wow. uh, that's wild. So we don't know if they're actually dating. We haven't had that confirmation yet. We do know they hung out, but that's as far as we know at this point, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, hey, we'll follow that story too. Oh, man. Well, final story of the day. Hannah Brown's boyfriend, Adam Woolard, proposes to her in Jordan Davis' new music video. So this music video comes out. And she's kind of like playing the girl who is like going through a whole bunch of like different love scenes, trying yeah. to find her true love. 
And at one point in the storyline of this music video, her now real-life boyfriend proposes to her. I'm wondering if this is where they met, but we don't have confirmation on oh, that. Oh, good point. Yeah, I was like, how did they do this so quickly? Because it hasn't I don't been, know. They I'm haven't pretty been, they, sure. That would make sense if they did yeah. it, like, if they met on set of that. Yeah, because okay. he's a model, and he's, you know, models are often in music videos, and I Same. feel like... Yeah, this is it. This is definitely how they met. Yeah, okay. that Not makes definitely, sense. But well, uh, you can go watch that music video. I watched it. It's cute. It's good. Um, Dance around there uh, and uh, has like, I don't know, it's kind of like a, her story of dating. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Jordan Davis's new song, uh, Almost Maybes, uh, is is a music video with now with uh, Hannah Brown and her uh, committed boyfriend. I think they're public now, right? Can I? Can we yeah. say that it's public? Okay, it's public. Yeah. Hey, uh, Ashley. That's our podcast, and it's been a good one. Uh, but again, I want to finish it with two things. One is more of a shameless plug uh, for the Almost Famous merch. You can go to myfanthreads.com slash almostfamous and buy some of our merchandise. Uh, and we've created it. Uh, and uh, I know the hats are really popular, uh, the hats and long sleeves. So go check out that. Again, that's uh, myfanthreads.com slash almostfamous. Uh, also, uh, I have to give a shout out to, uh, to your book, uh, that you and Jared did. It's a great book. Ben, you're so sweet. You no, nope, just do that. tell everybody about it. It's a children's book about making friends um, about- and getting out of your comfort zone. How do you it's find it? It's called Lucy and Clark, a story of puppy love. And you can find it at lucyandclarkbook.com. That's so sweet, Ben. But and- seriously, when returning the favor, go get Ben's book alone yeah. in plain well, that's sight. Why I did it. Anywhere yep. books are sold. Yeah, it's out there now. Uh, and <laughs> we're a little bit over a week and a half into the launch, alone in plain sight. It's been really fun to hear the story. So go read it, review it. Uh, Almost Famous Family, you've been with us for so long. It would just mean a lot to me if uh, if I could hear from you on, on this book because I think a lot of it is stuff you would know just based on listening to the podcast, but also stuff that you might not know. Uh, and I would love to share it with you all. Uh, finally... Uh, to end this whole podcast today, uh, we mentioned some organizations and Blake mentioned some organizations to support Texas. Please get out there and support Texas. Uh, they're our neighbors. Uh, we love them. There's a lot of struggle and hurt right now uh, down there. Go out and support Texas. It's it's the right thing to do. It's a good thing to do. And uh, and we'll post, I'll definitely post on my Instagram uh, the link that, yeah, that he, he shared. I'll just screenshot yeah. his stuff uh, and we'll, we'll throw it up there. Well, Ashley... We'll be at, we'll be back next week. I'm going to go to Honduras this weekend and check out the damage done down there. And then we'll be back with another episode of the Almost Famous Podcast. I've been Ben. I've been Ashley. Bye, guys. Later, all. Follow the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous Podcast on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Ashley, is it true that some contestants have cashed in their 401k to afford a new wardrobe for The Bachelor? I mean, you do need a lot of ball gowns when you think about it, Ben. Where did you hear this? On Smart Money Happy Hour. It's a podcast where two money experts, Rachel Cruz and George Camel, talk totally unfiltered about life, pop culture, and how to afford it all with 90s nostalgia and reality TV fandom mixed in, of course. Ooh, you do not have to say more to get me into this. To check it out, you can search Smart Money Happy Hour and listen wherever you get your podcasts. Hello! 
acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP, the worldwide association of specialty programs and schools. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. It was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. Join my host as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.